Welcome to the Maze Marketing Podcast. This isn't another podcast about marketing tricks or hacks, but about building effective marketing systems, beating marketing overwhelm, and communicating your expertise. With your hosts, Rob Drummond and Jonathan Wilson. Hi there. Uh, No Jonathan on this week's call. Uh, instead, I'm bringing you a conversation I had with Damien Qualter, who is an expert in creating and running successful automated webinars. So an automated webinar is a webinar that uh, runs without you actually being there to present the content, which obviously makes it a very appealing strategy. Um, webinars can work really well at the end of your maze so at the end of your customer nurture maze when you're trying to convert potential customers into buyers it's a good conversion technique so obviously if you're automating the webinar it gives it more scale and more reach there are many ways in my opinions that an automated webinar can be done wrong Uh, they're often done badly Uh, We explore what those are in this conversation and talk about specific ways to do them right and specific ways to get people registered on your webinars and to get people to show up to your webinars, which is really important. So if you sell based on expertise, this is going to be useful for you. Um, If you need to convert people who are in your world into paying customers, this is going to be really useful for you. Let's jump into the conversation. So Damien, why don't you sort of tell everyone who might be listening to this just a little bit about yourself and how you how you got involved in automated webinars basically right yeah thanks robin thanks for having me on the podcast um yeah i've sort of had a few career changes over the years and i'm not bore you with with all those but um in about 2000 and Five two thousand six. I was heavily involved in the property market, and around two thousand eight, it, it sort of completely crashed. And uh, I was basically looking to do something else. You know, all my eggs were in one basket with property. So I, which w- what I was pretty good at was online marketing. I've been marketing online since the late nineties. Um, what I didn't have at the time was a lot of money. I'd lost a lot of money in the prop- property crash. So I needed to find a way of communicating with an audience um, to help train them or or give something which wasn't going to cost me a lot of money but could potentially reach a lot of people. Mm. And I came to the conclusion that webinars, and and this is before I I understood about automated webinars, was the solution. Um, As I say, I I didn't have a lot of money at the time. I um, worked with quite a few people in the property industry who had, who were experts in particular fields, um, you know, in, in different areas. Some were buying auction properties, some were doing lease options, some were doing um, HMO properties. And, and what my method of, of earning some money then was basically go approaching people and saying, look, you know, if you want to get across easily to people, in, in a way, because most people were doing seminars, which seminars are, are, are really, you know, but still very effective, but they're very time consuming, very expensive, mm. high risk. And, you know, not a lot of people are willing to travel to, to a seminar because, you know, we know, I knew that because I was doing seminars myself in the property company. So 
people were, you know, got a really good response from this. And, and I, I did a lot of joint ventures with people in the property industry, helping them set up membership sites. And this was basically what we used to do is promote it to the list. We would have a webinar and from the webinar, we would do a sales pitch and, and get people on board. And we do this, you know, every probably six weeks or so. And it, it worked like gangbusters. The, the, the problem was, was it, it wasn't really scalable. Um, people were sending, doing webinars to their own lists and, and eventually they were going to burn out their own lists unless they had a you know, really effective way of, of um, lead gen. So that, that's, we'll park that for a minute. Um, I was literally doing probably five or six webinars a week. It, I've, I've totally up, I've probably done about 350 live webinars over the last three and a half, four years. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really draining actually doing a live webinar. It's, you know, it's, there's a lot of things, you know, moving parts, there's a lot to go wrong. There's a lot of pressure on you as well. And, and I'm not a natural presenter. You know, yeah, I, you've got to have I, quite strong pitching skills, I think. And I think you've, you've really got to sort of manage the energy yeah, around that. I mean, that's what Dave D talks about quite a lot. Yeah, him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. and you know, it's it's really, um, you know, I'd come off a, a webinar and you know, I'd almost like want to curl up in a dark room for a, a couple of days. Yeah. So it was incredibly stressful. You know, we were doing a lot of these in the evening. Um, you know, my whole day, you know, I wasn't feeling great because I had this total nervous thing going on so you know it's, it's pretty you know although the money was very good the, the sort of lifestyle wasn't so eventually i stumbled across automated webinars and in the early days they were really iffy you know the the, the technology didn't work um it, it was almost like a, a bit of a con trick you know in the early days because people were trying to kid people all the time that it was live and, and some people do that and you know that that's up to them how they run their businesses um that's one of my major bugbears with yeah. webinars you know when you log into a webinar and it's presented and you can tell as well because the webinars being run at 7 a.m 10 a.m 12 noon <laughs> 2 p.m 5 p.m 10 p.m it's like you can't possibly be live i mean in what world so uh, yeah. you know it's it, it, it's like if you're going to insult me from the start by lying to me it's like well that doesn't that doesn't bode well for, for the long-term relationship. You know? No, no, you're right. And um, so, you know, I, th I think you've got to use webinars, automated webinars ethically. You know, I'm not, it's not a discussion about ethics. You, you, you know, you, you run your business how you want to run it, but um, automated webinars provides massive leverage. Um, the, the, the main thing I found is that you should always really do a live webinar just to get, a feeling of how it works because you can't actually beat a live webinar you know live web, i'm not saying live webinars don't work the, the, the probably you know more effective but you, you for the payoff or trade-off in time and commitment to a, an automated webinar you know i i feel that automated webinars win win hands down um you know it perhaps just, you can automate it too soon so if you're trying to lead with an untested automated webinar yeah like it's still a lot of work to set up um, you've got to, you know, record it. You've got to get it all set up. Um, you've got to tie it into, you know, a CRM system, which maybe we'll talk about. And it's like, it's a lot of work. And if you find that you can't get people to register or show up for it, or it's just not the right topic, 
it's like, well, it's desperately easy to just waste like weeks or months. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I'm the number one person who's done that. You know, of, of, you know, just just doing stuff and then not not really having a system when I first started. And, and you know, I, I must have wasted so much time and money and effort doing it. And I I really learned the hard way um, doing this. And it, you know, it's taken me a long time to to get the skills um, to, to to produce not just an effective webinar but all the things around it, you know, the lead up, how to get people to register, how to get people to show up, you know, how to, to sell on the webinar and then following up with people afterwards. And, uh, you know, it doesn't just end with the, the webinar sequence. It's a lot of money is in the back end of it, you know. So after the you've done your webinar promotion, it's following up with people then, you know, seven days after the webinar and keep in touch because – there's a lot of gold in those people who you know, maybe for whatever reason weren't prepared to buy on the webinar. Maybe you didn't answer the question on the webinar, whatever it is, you know, you, you, you keep in touch with them. Do you um, ever, so if people have got questions on an automated webinar, you're not really in a position to answer them. Um, do you ever sort of have like a live chat running at the same time? Is, is that like an option at all? Or? Yeah, we, we, there's a couple of options you, you can do with that. You can do a live chat. Um, a, a couple of my clients uh, have effectively, we brought in um, there's a system called Intercom. Hmm. And basically we, we have a chat window in the webinar and the, 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 the operative who's going to answer the, you know, the questions will, you know, can sit on a laptop or whatever and, and have notifications coming in, you know, and, and they'll ping notifications as someone asks a question and they can answer them pretty much in real time. So, yeah, you, you, you can do that. Or, you know, people sub submit a question, which is probably what most people do, and it goes, you know, to an email and, and, and you re respond afterwards. Mm. I think that's something quite powerful. I, I, I feel like if people are asking questions on a webinar and you've got, and you've got a pitch section on the webinar and you've got a carefully crafted button that goes through an order form, it feels like the faster you can answer those questions, probably the better, really. Definitely. Definitely. You know, you, you um, bang on with that. Um, so I have some sort of specific questions that I would like to go through. So the most common questions I hear are, um, I guess, surrounding getting people to show up yep um do you have any experience or any tips on you know if you've got people registering for it but they're not showing up i mean i guess there's different options isn't it because i've seen in a few platforms that you can do this sort of like live thing where there's there's always a webinar starting in you know 15 minutes or something mm -hmm. um, yeah do you, do you do anything like that or? yeah um we we do you know just in time webinars and, and, and what's worked well for us when we're doing automated webinars is we always have what we call a, a top of the hour um, session, which is, you know, if someone's watching, comes online at four o'clock in the afternoon, then the next webinar will be at, at, at five o'clock in the afternoon. So, you know, you, you, you're really being available when someone is online, you know, and this is, this is where automated webinars, you know, d d totally beat live webinars because, you know, someone might, want to go to a webinar it might be you know a week a week off on a thursday night at eight o'clock and then just might not be available so you, you you're making it easy for people to to have a webinar when they're online 
And I guess, so what would be the difference between running an automated webinar and sending people to the video on a landing page? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, this is a question I get asked all the time. Because that, that, that is a viable option. I mean, yeah, 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 you know, it, it is. It's, it's, it's totally a viable option. We, we've tested this, and I, I, I think it's because it's an event-based thing, you know, an automated webinar, that people comply to turning up at a certain time and watching it. You know, that, that, that their expectation is and you're managing the expectation in, in, in all the communication with them that at eight o'clock or seven o'clock or whenever your, your webinar is going to run, they're going to turn up. They're going to, you know, be on the online for up to an hour and, and, and they, they comply to that. I think when you try it with a, with a, a video, again, you've got to test these things for, for your audience, but what we find, you know, working with lots of different clients in different industries is people have very good intentions to watch the video but they don't. There's no cost of not watching it. Yeah. Um, or scarcity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can always pause it. You can always go and do something else. There's more distractions. Um, you know, you might have Facebook in, in my case, probably 17 other tabs open at the same time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so um, how long are your webinars normally? If you're looking to like close a sale, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's a you know question we get asked all the time. And, and again, what we've, we've tested in, in our own business and what we've worked and tested with, with clients we work with is ideally a webinar, you should get to the pitch position in, in about 30 to 40 minutes of the webinar. People's attention spans aren't great. Um, the webinar can run much longer, but you want to get to that pitch position you know between 30 and 40 minutes after that you know you could stay on for another half an hour an hour if there's questions being asked or you know you, you want to answer other things or, or go back with objections answering objections or or doing other stuff but you've got to get to that pitch position the sales sales pitch around about 30 to 40 minutes people uh, you know we, we found people are prepared to sort of put put an hour aside to 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 watch a webinar. And I think if you go, if you go over an hour and you've not pitched it, then again, from what we've tested, we, we find that the conversions drop dramatically. Yeah. You're running a bit of a risk with yeah. people's time, I guess. Yeah. Um, especially if you're kind of going after busy people who have the money to spend, but they probably don't have much time. Um, do you, um, does it really help to have a very specific, topic that like like it's almost like you're solving a very specific problem on the webinar uh, it, it depends you know what what niche you're in really but I, again with anything i think the more specialized you can, you can go providing there's an audience you know relatively big enough interested in that topic um then yeah you know i think it's it, it, it can be good and it depends what your sales process is if you're selling a you know a 97 dollar book or a course or a you know a five thousand dollar training program then you're going to have a different angle to you know to how you're going to pitch things so it really depends on um you know what what your your end goal is and what 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 sort of offers are you normally introducing is it like the 97 
dollar product or is it you know the high ticket uh coaching consulting it's a bit of both really um on my own side i've i've done products usually five hundred dollars up to um coaching where we're not actually selling anything on the webinar we're just booking a call with my clients they are selling products anywhere from a membership site at $97 to a $2,000 product to, you know, high ticket, again, telephone booking for, for high ticket products, which are ten fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. I guess it depends on your business model then. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. As to what you might want to do. And I guess for like an automated webinar, there's no reason why you couldn't record two versions of it with a different offer to see how a low priced offer against a higher priced offer compares, I guess. Yeah. And you know, the, the platform we use for, for our webinars, again, it's something, you know, I was going to mention later on, but you've, you've touched on it now, which is, is really interesting is that you, you could run multiple versions of the webinar simultaneously and, and pick a winner, you know, which there's just no way you could do that live unless you're doing lots of different live webinars. So, Again, it just gives you that ability to test things against the control all the time. Uh, but yeah, you, you can test things. You can test different offers. If, it, it feels to me like a live webinar. So the analogy that I've used in the past is that a live webinar is like going to the cinema. Sorry, going to the theater even where there's a live performance. Yeah. Um, like it, it is more engaging. It, the, you know, if you go to the pantomime, you get interaction and that sort of thing. Um, whereas running an automated webinar is a bit more like going to the theater and watching a movie. Yeah. That's um, a really good analogy. Yeah. And, you know, perhaps the movie runs at, you know, midday, 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. or something. And to watch that movie, you have to be in the movie theater. You can't pause it and go off for a beer or something. Yeah. Which would be nice. But <laughs> anyway, um, and perhaps that, that that's sort of a good way of thinking about it. But but you wouldn't, but you wouldn't go straight to the if you if you were a producer, you wouldn't go straight to the theatre without having tested the, the show first on a live audience. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that that's very true. You know, there's so many people who um, just want to do a, a, an automated webinar because you know it sounds so appealing. Really, you know, to get get an automated webinar. And I would certainly as I mentioned earlier on in the call, get your hands dirty, doing three or four, maybe six, maybe 10 live webinars, one just, just for the experience. And I've got to say, it took me six months from actually sort of researching all how to do webinars before I had the guts to, to, to do a live webinar because I was so petrified. But the first webinar I did, I made about $800 in sales. And then I was hooked, you know, but I wasted six months not having the guts to do it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it, I, I think it's really important that you do a live webinar. Bear in mind in the back of your mind that this, this webinar you're doing live may be used for a, uh, an automated webinar at, the, at some point in the future. So you've got to make it the content evergreen in it. You can't say, you know, this Thursday, you know, Jonathan Ross is on or something, you know, it, it, you've got to have that in mind if you want to use it because it'd be very difficult, you know, you'd waste a lot of time. So d definitely do some live webinars, track your conversions, your sales, 
how it, how it, how, you, how the engagement was with people, you know, what was good, what was bad. And it's very important to, to you know, debrief yourself after a live webinar and, and say, you know, what were the good bits? What were the bad bits? You know, how did it, how did it go? You know, did you make some money or not? There's a lot of data points in all of these platforms as well about, you know, do people stick around? At what point do people drop off? Yeah. Um, are you getting questions? Because if, if, if you do any webinar and you're not getting any questions through, it's like, well, maybe it's not a great topic. Yeah. Um, like it, it, uh, I think I think something to stress as well is that like a live webinar, sorry, an automated webinar is not a substitute for speaking to your audience. Like there's this sort of, I guess it kind of feeds into this this kind of lap, this laptop lifestyle idea where you can work on the beach and just run automated webinars and have a machine that cranks out cash. And it's like, yeah. well, you can't really do that because to run a successful automated webinar, you're going to have to have a very clear understanding of who your audience is and how you're trying to help them and you can only do that if you've been speaking to people on a, on, on a regular basis yeah and perhaps like a live webinar is a good way of doing that or one way of doing that yeah uh, you, you know exactly a, a webinar in isolation is not the the, the you know the, the golden egg it's it's your relationship with your audience what what, what a webinar does whether it's live or automated is really if you've got a good topic and you've promoted it well and, and you've you know, it got people interested. And before that, you've engaged people so that they actually think you you know your stuff. <clears throat> it allows you really, you know, 40, 60 minutes of, of interrupted time, non-interrupted time of, of you talking about what you know best, you know. And, and there's not many other platforms where you can do that, you know, where people are, are, are listening to you, you're teaching some stuff and, hopefully selling them stuff up some stuff at the end you know there's it's so difficult to do that in any other way effectively and and automated webinars allow you to leverage that you know to do multiple webinars multiple times you don't have to be there but you've got to get it right first are you um targeting warm audiences for these webinars in the main as in people that maybe are already on an email list or they've already they're already on a remarketing list or something like that? Or are you running ads to cold audiences and using the webinar as the starting point for people when they first opt in? A bit, a bit of both, really. Um, myself, I'm generally doing it to warmer audiences for my own list. Uh, for clients, you know, I, I've got three or four clients who are using webinar as the, the first point of contact from a Facebook ad. You know, that they're, they're literally saying offering a training session from a Facebook ad straight to a webinar. And, you know, some of these people are selling some very high ticket items and, and literally can take the sales process from, you know, what, what, what used to be weeks to three or four days. Mm. So, you know, that, 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 you know, we've got people selling $10,000 training programs who are converting cold traffic to paying up to a $10,000 program in less than a week. It, it feels like, so if I was attending a webinar and it was someone that I didn't know, then I, I would be attending because the topic was something I wanted an immediate answer to. Mm -hmm. Whereas if it's a warm webinar, so if someone I follow, like Perry Marshall, for example, was running a webinar, I, I would probably be more inclined to show up just because I've got previous history with him. Yeah. 
you're um, which maybe gives them a bit more of a wider scope in terms of what topics you can you can cover. Uh, yeah, I think that's you know that's definitely the the, the more you've got a, a a relationship with your audience, the, the far easier it is to get people to show up. The other the other thing counter to that is it depends what what you're offering for your webinar if if you're solving a very urgent problem for someone you know it doesn't matter if people know you or want or not you know if you've got something which solves solves someone who's got a what do they call it a bleeding neck or whatever the, the analogy is then you know people will will go straight in from cold mm. It's almost like if I was thinking about paid search, like if you're running Google search ads because people are searching for answers for something, then putting your webinar up front, if it's quite a high value sale and you still need to mm -hmm. educate, and you still need to educate people in a short space of time. Because that's, that's really what this is doing, it's educating people and introducing you but in a condensed period of time. Yes. Um, whereas if, if, if there isn't as much of an upfront problem, like in my business, there's more of like a nurturing period. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm probably more likely to kind of draw people into my world a bit more slowly and then run webinars to people who know me a bit more, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think that, you know, again, it depends on your niche, but I would say generally, it's better to, to do webinars to warm audiences. You know, if, if you've got some, some, some really unique proposition and people have got a really urgent problem that needs solving then you know you, you could do it very easily from cold traffic a again with webinars it's it's much more difficult to make it profitable if you're selling a low ticket item mm. to make it work you know you've got to have a sales process in, in place you know maybe it's some upsells or, or a way of maximizing um, customer value very very quickly if you're using paid traffic to a cold audience with warmer audience obviously you've got that relationship so it's going to cost you less for the actual webinar registration but you will have invested prior to the, the webinar in building the relationship mm. it, it it feels to me like a good way of pulling cement around that relationship so if if i've been on someone's website i've read a few blog posts i've maybe watched like a video or something then if I attend a webinar, like if I actually attend a webinar, then that's going to probably keep me in that person's world, keep me subscribed to their emails, make me more likely to read their emails. Um, assuming the webinar is good and I get value from it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I sort of feel like it, it, it allows you, so rather than just reading a blog post or something, it allows you to get to know the person that's running the webinar a bit as well. Yeah, uh, you, you know, I always say with webinars, it's not just a case of educating. It, it's, it's a case of entertaining and engaging people. You don't have to be the most, you know, prolific presenter. I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not a natural presenter. But I think if you could come across as a, as a really genuine person who knows your stuff, then there's no, you know, as I say, I don't, I don't think apart from standing in front of someone one-to-one -one or on a stage, I don't think there's any way of getting your message across than a webinar. Mm. So let's, let's, let's talk about a few more tactical things. So if you're running a webinar and uh, a bunch of people are going to show up, a bunch of people are going to miss it, um, how do you deal with the people who don't show up? 
Okay, now that's a really great question. What what generally we find when we're talking to clients is the normal model is people register for a webinar, they either attend or they don't, and everyone gets a replay, which you know can work. It's not not a bad strategy. What we found again, you've got to test these things for different industries. But what we found in our own industry and clients' industries is what we do is. If people miss the webinar, we will invite them to an encore webinar because we, we found by the fact that they attend an actual webinar that they're far more likely to take the action we want them to do. So we offer a, anyone who's missed the first webinar a chance to re-register for an encore webinar. Obviously, people who have registered, we push them through the normal sales process. Um, and if they missed the encore is it just kind of spot for me? Is that like the penalty for not showing up, basically? Yeah, I, I, I think you've, you know, you, you could sort of circle people round and round. And again, if, if they've missed it twice, then, you know, you, you've got a question, are they really interested in it anyway? Then, yeah, they're probably not going to buy. Um, yeah. Or, or, or there's, there's, there's a nurture step that has been missing before you've offered them the webinar. And maybe yeah. you need to like, Maybe you need to offer them a book or something that is yeah. a bit lower investment and they can do it on their own terms if they're interested. And again, you know, you can do some pretty advanced things in terms of tracking that person through your sales funnel. You're going to find with with any sales funnel that there's only really a small amount of people. You know, if you've got 100 people coming into your world for a webinar, there's only going to be really a small number of people who are actually genuinely interested in that topic and they're the ones you've got to focus on so you know the ones who aren't interested unless you've got you know some super duper follow-up or, or you know going to quite aggressively follow up with them some other way you always want to focus on the warmest leads first and are you just following up with people by email um, or, are you, or are you adding in other, other media, for example? Yeah, that's a, an, another question. And it's, I see, you know, I would say 99% of people who, who we talk to, and, and you know, we watch a lot of webinars for, for our own research purposes, rely solely on email. And, and email rates, open rates are you know, generally in decline. Um, you're lucky probably if you're getting a 20, 25% open rate these days. So that means 75% of, of the people who have registered for your webinar in, in this instance um, are not actually opening your emails. So we, we use, and I think our, our system is, is really unique in, in the marketplace. I've not seen anyone else doing what we're doing is, is we bring in other multimedia such as Facebook ads, which we're, we're tying into our CRM system to to show and to, to almost, almost mirror the the email sequence. So if you know they, they can see the read the email, they can see a, a post on, on Facebook. We're using SMS. We're using uh, ringless voice voice broadcasts, which are really cool. It, it's basically a, an automated message that goes straight to someone's voicemail that if you're, you're the expert in your industry, it sounds like a very personalized message. You know, we would say something like, hi, it's Damien Qualter, just to let you know, we're gonna be starting the webinar in the next hour. And I've had so many people 
emailed me in after saying, I don't, I'm not trying to kid them, it's, it's me ringing them up live. Mm. I, I just say a message, you know, hi, it's Damien Qualter. You know, the webinar's about to start, looking forward to seeing you there. But so many people email me after saying, thanks, Damien, I really, really appreciated you, um, you know, sending me the phone message. So it, that, that works really, really well. We're also, depending on the industry, um, doing things like two-way SMS conversations after the webinar. So we're, we're asking questions. We're inviting people to interact with us. We're using two-way two SMS at the start of the sequence to try and engage people early on on, on other media channels. And if you're running a, a more high-ticket program, you know, where you, the numbers have got to stack up, we are using quite a lot of direct mail as well, which is working fantastically well if, if you know your numbers stack up for mm. so i mean in terms of the webinar experience you're actually making quite extensive use of people's phones to get yeah. them to show up and then to answer questions um because they've got the phone and if you think about how you might use text messaging it's not like you're trying to nurture you just you're just like reminding people i guess yeah um and you know the the, the much higher open rates of you know text messaging are going to count a lot more than just sending someone an email, which, which I'll probably ignore. Or in my case, I'll read about four hours after the webinar and go, oh, no, I was going <laughs> to watch yeah. that. Yeah, you know, any, any event is, is time sensitive. So an SMS is going to get delivered there and then to someone's phone. And, and you know, the statistics are, I think it's something like 90% of SMS messages are opened within the first 10 minutes of them being received. So, you know, the message is going to get read. The, the other thing I forgot to mention is we're using things like messenger bots as well. Yeah, I was going to you know, ask about that, yeah. Yeah, you know, we're integrating those, which, again, have, you know, absolutely incredible open rates and, and, you know, engagement. So, yeah, I think if you're relying totally on email, you, you're missing a lot of potential in, in, in any sales funnel, not just webinars. Just for everyone listening, I think um, we actually did an episode about mini chats and messenger marketing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'll put a link in the chat to that. But you know, I think anyone running time-based events, you know, if it's like even if that's Facebook Lives, webinars, live events, um, I think contacting people on their phone, like it just it just like, there's there's so many reasons for it, and I I see so many people running webinars not doing this, mm. and it's like you know if if you can take your attendee rates from i don't know from 25 percent to even 35 or 45 percent then that potentially doubles the profit of the webinar yeah um without spending any more on facebook ads yeah without spending any more on lead generation these are leads that are coming in anyway and they're just missing the webinar because they because they're like me and they're and they got busy or yeah that's, that's right and and you know the average probably attendance rate for a webinar generally is somewhere 20, 25%. Most of my clients with the automated webinars are getting 60% plus attendance rates. So, you know, they're getting two and a half times as many people showing up. And this is attendance rates, not, not registered rates. Mm. But people actually showing up to the webinars. And, you know, it, it follows, as you just mentioned, that the more people who actually attend the webinar you know, the likelihood it's going to impact the profitability of your webinar. 
And all of this multimedia stuff, so you're, you know, under certain circumstances, you're sending direct mail, you're sending text messages, maybe sending Facebook Messenger messages. I mean, I guess for someone building this and someone not familiar with that, that sounds quite intimidating, like quite a lot of work. Um, so presumably you're kind of tying it all together and, and, and automating it rather than... <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we use um, Infusionsoft, we've been using Infusionsoft for about 10 years in our business. Uh, love it or hate it, um, I, I've, I've still not quite made my mind <laughs> which one it is. Um, but it that's, is, you know, incredible. That's a whole separate um, podcast. Yes, yeah, that could be a whole separate podcast, couldn't it? My, our relationship with Infusionsoft. Oh, yeah. But, it, you know, it, it's got an incredible potential to link up to third party applications and and it it is becoming easier to do this but unless you you're pretty good at at, you know managing automation it would take you forever you know it took me lots of time to to get where I am with it and I'm I'm not bad at this stuff I'm not the you know the 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 best at logic and stuff like that but I I can do it but it's taken a long long time and it's cost me a lot of money and I think most business owners are, are or, or certainly the, the business owners we work with are relatively cash rich. And I, I'm not saying the, 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 the loaded, but they, they have the money, they understand marketing, but the time poor. So that, you know, they, they sort of want to leverage the time. So an investment into a webinar, a webinar funnel to them will soon have a pay dividends. You know, if they're spending some money setting this up, we've had a client who, was in the property investment market and just to give you an example they were spending round about uh about between 500 and 1000 pounds a day on google adwords getting anywhere from 80 to 100 leads a day and in their old system you know they had a sales team following up with these people and what was generally happening was they couldn't get in touch with people. You know, it was likely people inquire about something and you just can't get in touch and then they go cold and the sales team are very, you know, motivated. So, so we actually put a webinar, an automated webinar in, as their front end device to cold traffic. So we, the, the, the whole idea of the webinar was to educate people about property investing, you know, what it was about, what, what you needed to have, because they were wasting a lot of time speaking to people who had no money, who thought you could get into property investment with no money. And then at the end of it, they were actually inviting people to, to schedule a call with one of the, the salespeople. Mm. So they completely flipped the process on its head rather than the salespeople, you know, scrambling to, to get in touch with the, the client. It was literally that the client had been educated, liked what they heard, and then wanted to book a session to talk to them. So again, the, the, in the webinar, part of the process was to, to pick up information about the client. We, we used things like um, surveys, some pretty clever sort of profiling to, to find out. So when the, 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 they actually got on a call with someone, the salesperson knew exactly, you know, who this person was, they, they pre-qualified for the thing. And it was an incredibly easy sale. That process enable them to, to literally reduce the sales team from five full-time members of staff to one and a half full-time mm-hmm. members of staff, saving them, I don't know, 80, 90,000 
pounds a, a year in salaries. But not only that is they shorten the sales cycle from about three months to about two weeks. So it was an incredible bonus cash flow wise and, and cost wise. I feel like shortening the sales cycle is a really important issue because cash flow is always an issue for all of us. So this this podcast is really about nurturing contacts and building like a long-term nurturing maze. Yeah. But having said that, we're not trying to shorten the sales cycle and that's really important. Like yeah. if you've got people who've got the money and got the problem, then you want a mechanism to close sales to those people. And I guess what you're talking about with the webinar system that you just described is filtering people out so that if they haven't got the money or if they haven't got the problem then that's fine but you're filtering them out you're sending them back to the nurturing pasture um, and then if they have you're building a system that attracts people rather than makes you chase them with an expensive sales team yeah exactly it's, it's flipping the thing totally on its head so you know people are reaching out to the to, to us if you like rather than us scrambling to reach that Mm. that's pretty much all my questions is there anything is there anything else that we haven't talked about no I I think you know in terms of systems and things like that you know the very systems what can produce um, automated webinars effectively we we generally use stealth webinar uh, for our system you know that's probably one of the things people ask uh, most of the time I've actually got you know, if you, if you find, would find it helpful, a, a resource guide I could probably give people, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could give you, you know, if you want to put it in the show notes of some of the, the tools and technology we use, mm-hmm. um, if, you, if, if that would be useful. Because uh, I know that's one of the, you know, the questions we get asked all the while. But It's, it's really the starting point, isn't it? Because if you're going to make a start with this, almost like the next step is like, well, you need to know what tools are there, what are the pros and cons of each tool. There's always... There's always a learning cost involved. So, yeah. so yeah, I'm more well, than happy to make that available. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get it added to the, to the show notes and to the episode uh, page. Great. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think, you know, you should be using it, you know, webinars. If you want to scale a business and, and automate and have a process-driven business, then, you know, certainly automated webinars – a step closer to that and definitely if you sell based on expertise as well yes yeah and and i think it's probably a very sensible thing to do yeah yeah definitely if you found this conversation useful you can support this podcast by leaving us a review on itunes you can also find the show notes for this episode and get in touch with either jonathan or myself at www.mazemarketingpodcast.com Once again, that's www.mazemarketingpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you on another episode very soon.